Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job, Painter Marketing Pros, and APC. Today's guest is a renowned business strategist, global keynote speaker, executive trainer and coach, two-time best-selling author and Ford's contributor. Brian Kramer, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for the kind intro. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Let's get right to it. What is H2H? We know what H2O is. That's water, right? But what is H2H? It's uh, the second most needed thing aside from air and water and fire and all the elements. Um, so when you take the elements as number one, number two is is uh, human connection. Mm. And that's what HH is. It's, um, it's, it's something that came up in uh, more, more uh, widely in 2014 when they gave a keynote at Bloomberg uh, in San Francisco. And all of a sudden I've been talking about it for a while, but this one in particular, uh, right audience, right time. And it had the title on the screen behind me of there's no B2B or B2C. It's HH human to human. We're all connecting with humans. And, uh, at that moment, people took pictures, uh, put it up on social media. Social media was just fresh on the scene and it, mm. uh, it hit about 24 million impressions in over 24 hours, which sent me off into uh, speaking about it about 200 days a year, uh, really wow. uh, doing what I love doing, um, which was uh, helping people to understand how to maneuver um, social media at the time, but what's now all kinds of technology. Uh, it's just blossomed into, you know, I know we're going to talk about this, but AI and bots and automation and virtual reality and augmented reality. And what does this mean mm -hmm. for human connection? So I've always been an explorer in that area and um, had an agency for 22 years that focused on that. And that's where my, my uh, background has been. This is awesome. And I love this. This is one of the reasons why um, I invited you to come on to the show, because a point that we drive home is that people want to do business with people, not corporations. They want to do business with people. They, they need that connection. Now, I um, did, haven't used the H2H or you know the perspective that, that you're giving it, which is great. So I love this. And, and uh, as we dive deeper here, how can we be more authentic in our social interactions? Um, well, authenticity is one of those words that unfortunately has degraded over time because people overuse use the word. And, um, and so I'm going to talk about it in terms of what I think it means more of today, which is um, which, which I, I believe for first and foremost that being human right now is everybody's competitive advantage and and that means being more authentic and being more authentic means uh showing up as your true self mm. case in point i uh tried to use chat gpt uh not too long ago to write a newsletter to put it out to see if i could mix uh 
in some of the support that it helps to give and sent the newsletter out and the reaction that I got. And I've got, I think over 11,000 subscribers was very minimal. It, the energy that it gave off wasn't, um, wasn't what, what, what normally takes place. And I think people sense into where, um, uh, where it's coming from the tone and, and what's, what's going on now. I edited it and I tried to make it as human as possible, but it still didn't mix well with, uh, enough to get the response I, I generally get. So then I wrote the next newsletter from scratch. I got pumped up. I sat down my computer, I played Rocky music and I, and I just typed out something from my, my heart that just mm. really showed more of an authentic, self of what I was going through at the time, which was a, a lack of creativity because we had just moved to Lisbon and it's just, we were moving. We had 13 bags here with us. And all of a sudden I um, just found myself in this like creative rut, which is not normally where I'm at. I wrote about it, but I wrote about it without the aid of chat GPT and sent it out. And the response was just phenomenal. I really, mm. you know, had a much bigger connection with other people. And so I really think that that is the essence of authenticity. Um, authenticity is not just something that you put down on a piece of paper or on a screen. It's something that's felt by another human. It's, another, it's something that really comes across. And I can only explain it as the energy that others feel. And if you can really harness that and, and really make sure that uh, we celebrate almost the imperfection of humanity, that's where people want more. So what does this look like in our communication and in say the newsletters that are going out? Um, so it's, it's right from the heart, right? So the key is to be transparent. One is transparent. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, transparency is huge. I'm going to break it down into three pillars uh, and I'll make it really simple for, for you and for, um, for, for the person that's listening right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to ask you a couple questions. So get yourself ready because it's going to okay. get your own creative wheels going. Um, the first pillar is simplicity. What brand do you feel like is simple in its tone, in its messaging, in its uh, product uh, or service that it puts out? What brand do you feel like embraces simplicity the best? Apple. Apple. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I'd agree. I totally agree. I think simplicity, uh, in message in, in, uh, knowing like we could count on both hands, probably what products they develop, where to get it, how to get support, so on and so forth. Um, mm -hmm. simplicity is the opposite of what I think is being created with large funnel marketing or marketers, or it's the opposite of, um, making it so complex that a customer can't get customer service in a very speedy, uh, human way, um, mm -hmm. with quality it's, it's simple as, is looking at it from the opposite side and saying, do I get this? Does it make sense? Um, that's simplicity. So the second one is empathy. Now we, we all know that empathy is not felt, felt by robots and it's not felt in automation. It's what I was describing a little bit in when I wrote that newsletter, empathy for myself, empathy in the writing, empathy for what I was going through and, and the maybe empathy for what others might be 
how, how they might be impacted from what I wrote. And it's just something that really comes across. What brand do you feel like embraces empathy for its customer? A lot of times it shows up as customer support, customer service, or just showing up after a mistake and saying, Hey, here's what we did. Wow. That's a good question. So, um, I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head. So that's what right. brands? Yeah. I'll chime in with one that sparked sparked the discussion. Um, Maybe one that you're not thinking that most people don't recognize or realize. And and, uh, oftentimes I'll get pushed back, but Amazon is a good empathetic brand. And the reason I bring that up is because they make it easy to to return just about any product. If you can get to a UPS or a Kohl's or even just go online and say, hey, I want to return it with, you'll get a a box and be able to return the package and there's really no fee there's no problem and and it's kind of like the old days of nordstrom if you if anybody's listening remembers that where they just don't argue with you and to me that's empathy that's an understanding Mm. that the customer really goes through this and we need to understand how to be better around when they have a problem or challenge the third one i already talked about did did a brand come up yeah, well, no, but I, just, I wanted to speak to Amazon. You're you're absolutely right. So um, I hit the wife lottery, meaning that April is awesome with money, and she does not like to see anything go to waste. She is an absolute pro at uh, returning items that we purchase from Amazon that uh, are you know for whatever reason need to go back. And you're right; it just seems like it's um, it's they are fantastic about just returning returning items that need to be uh, returned. So I never really considered that from an empathetic perspective, but that's a really good point. Absolutely. Thank you. And man, you certainly did hit the wife lottery if she knows how to uh, turn money into more money. Um, Indeed. <laughs> uh, then the third one is, is something I talked about before, but it's the third pillar that makes a lot of lot more sense when I talk about in this uh, context, which is imperfection. Mm. Imperfection is the opposite of everything that uh, a lot of companies are trying to be. I mean, when you look at Instagram and you start scrolling through or thumbing through Instagram, it's a lot of perfection, a lot of trying to be perfect. A lot of mm. like, my life is good. My Look at my um, ability to make money. Look at the millions of dollars I can help make you. This is not what attracts us to uh, doing business with each other. What doing what what attracts us is when we show. Uh, we talked about this before: our transparency and our th- authenticity, and and people really want to identify and connect in. It's like peeling the onion layer uh, down mm-hmm. to the soft, gooey core to the point where you know maybe it creates a little bit of tears, and sometimes it creates a little bit of um, different kind of connection for uh, for whoever it is that we're we're trying to talk to. So, um, who comes up for you that embraces imperfection? Maybe they screwed up and they, they owned it. Um, so one, yeah. yeah, one of my, uh, Bob Berg, author of, um, go giver. Yeah. Bob. Uh, I know Bob. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a friend and mentor for years. And the one thing that really stands out, he's just so authentic. He's, yeah. he's so genuine. And, um, and it's, 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 uh, inspiring, right? Especially in a world of uh, leadership uh, where everybody else looks perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, And I don't know anybody too on Twitter who thanks as many people as he does for their compliments, their retweets, their comments as Bob Berg. Amen. Wow. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, 
you know, uh, imperfection, I'm, I'll bring up a brand like Dove, uh, mm. who celebrates the imperfection of skin and skin color. Uh, they do it in their messaging and their marketing and their advertising, um, do a great job of it. There's other areas of imperfection, like the travel industry. Um, you can point to almost every airline who, uh, faces, you know, a challenge with a flight, a delayed time, a, uh, missed flight completely and how they handle it. And some airlines handle it really well and some don't at all. And when you look at how you handle imperfection, cause something's always going to go differently for the customer than you think it will. But when you have a plan in place for how you're going to handle it, that is celebrating and embracing imperfection. Mm. So when you look at all three, I can tell you that, and, and maybe I'll disrupt a couple of people here, but Facebook is not all three. When you look at uh, the, the brand, are they simple? Not really. Mm. Are they embracing imperfection? Not so much. When they um, celebrate empathy, I don't feel it. It's, it's, mm. it's lacking a little bit there. And usually it comes down to the owner, the CEO and, and the top down. So you can feel it a lot more in like a Richard Branson or, mm. uh, you know, maybe, a, maybe a Tim Cook is close. I don't know if he's all the way there, but he's a lot closer. Um, How about Elon? I think Elon might be a, a, a good example of, you know, empathy and imperfection. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I remember like somebody posted that picture of him shirtless. You know, he's on a boat with a friend out in the middle of nowhere and he was overweight and, it, you know, he took it with stride. He's like, yeah, you know, I could just lose some weight, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I think he certainly has uh, room to grow uh, mm. in each of those areas. Would I give him a 10 out of 10 in each category? Probably not. Would I say that he's better at times in certain categories and not as good in other other times? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, simplicity of the of you could break apart his brands probably a little bit easier and say is Tesla simple? Is Tesla empathetic? Is Tesla imperfect or embracing okay. imperfection? Probably. Twitter, not mm -hmm. so much. So the brands start to fall apart on those different categories, but the person himself, then we can take that and we can roll it up and say, okay, where does this all okay. fall? I would, I would challenge your listeners, everybody that's here to think about that. How are they putting out in each of these categories, your content, your uh, marketing, your approach, your customer care, your operations and in each category how would you how would you score yourself and if you're getting 10 out of 10s you're probably building a great business and your business is primed to grow if not growing already hmm. yeah, thank you i was just thinking about that you know as uh painting contractors how you know can they break that down and you just did it so how can they simplify and i'm looking at my notes here because it's really good i'm taking notes as we're as we're uh talking you know simplify and then empathy and uh imperfection so then again just to circle back these are the three pillars of authenticity correct they're the three pillars of human to human uh oh, human to human. in order to be more human to human um, authenticity is a piece of that. Authenticity falls into the empathy category. Okay. Falls into the empathy. Got it. Thank you. Correct my notes here. Yeah. All right. So thank you. This is really good. Uh, another question. So we kind of shift gears here. What's the importance of addressing and getting rid of 
false preconceptions. False pre, pre the way that I, I hear that, the way that that lands for me in false pre, preconceptions is what people make up in terms of assumptions. Mm. Um, it, it, that's how it lands for me. So what assumptions do others make about me or about my brand and how do I make sure that those false assumptions are corrected? Um, and to, in, in, there's a number of, well, there's a lot of ways that, that we will never know unless we take a pulse read, i.e. a survey or something that would give us a, a sense. But let's, let's hone in on paint contractors and figure out what is it that we can do that we have control over. There's a lot we don't have control over. Um, for instance, if I asked you to go into the ocean and stop the waves from happening, could you do it? Not so much, but if we could take, uh, find, excuse me, <laughs> find one of the waves and surf it, that we can do. So find your wave, find the wave that you do have control over. What does that look like? It looks like um, maybe, maybe doing a 360. Maybe internally you're doing more 360 uh, um, rep reports with your employees or peers. Um, may, maybe do a 360 with your customers. Um, understand where the disconnect is, where the assumptions are. Mm -hmm. Assumptions are the killer of all relationships. Pro false preconception comes from assumptions. And if we can clarify what those are, then we have a better job at fixing them. So I, I understand what a 360 report is. Would you unpack it for listeners who may not know? Yeah. Yeah. 360 is uh, literally uh, 360 degrees around you as the epicenter. And it's uh, typically a report um, that people uh, or it's a process that people take to go through and put together um, through a series of questions, how you are engaging, how you're leading, how you're creating relationships, how you're showing up how you're, uh, how you, and how you can be better in all of those categories. And mm -hmm. a good 360 report shows you not only what you're doing well, but what you can do better at. And it comes from three different categories when it's done really well. One is from your employees or, or your contractors. One is from your peers and one is from your manager or boss. If you have one, um, if not, then just settle for the other two. That's the best way to really understand 360 degrees around you. How are you impacting the world? How do you show up, but you may not be aware of it because we all have unintended consequences and unintended impact. We don't know what we don't know. Those are called blind spots. If we can take those blind spots and turn them into uh, actionable items that we could work on and chip away at, in little one degree shifts, because we're not going to solve the world in a day, but take those and actually break them down into actionable shifts, man, you're going to create a ripple effect that will change your entire world. Right on. Uh, do you, does your, uh, your company provide these report services? If not, who's, uh, who's a source you'd recommend? Yeah, we do. Uh, okay. and, and I do, and I love doing them. They're right. really great for, and like I said, understanding, um, understanding what your world around you looks like. And it's really, uh, nice to do. There's a little bit of work that goes into it beforehand to make sure that people understand the context for why you're doing it. Otherwise blindly setting this out 
won't be helpful. But yes, that's mm. something that that I, I definitely love to offer because then it gives us a place to start. And now we have those things to work on. We know what actionable items we need to work on. Okay, fantastic. And at the end of the show, we'll you know share your contact there. Um, and for those who are interested in following up. But first, why is a marketer's job more important than ever in the AI era? Well, it's a great question. So right now, as somebody who uh, owned an agency for 22 years, I can tell you that our job has got gotten harder, not easier uh, with mm. AI because it's now too easy. It's like a crutch that we can lean on. And when you lean on a crutch too much, you're not building strength and you're not uh, getting better. Uh, at some point, you're going to have to let that crutch go and start walking on your own and healing. AI can can start to become that if we rely on it too much. I think that it's a combination of humans and technology working together, not humans or technology. So I'm not here to say that we don't need AI. I'm just here to say that we it's an and, not an or. Um, how that shows up is yet to be uh, defined, quite frankly. there's so, It's so new. It's like a newborn baby that we're all trying to figure out. And for me to say that there's one prescriptive way of using AI would be idiotic for me to say that that, that exists because it, it is so new. However, uh, as in the example of what I gave with the newsletter, uh, the human interaction is always going to be felt at a deeper level. The human voice is going to be felt at a deeper level than AI. So use it as more of an assistant right now rather than a partner, rather than a crutch. Um, if you can do that, then I think, you know, coming up with things like subject lines to help you, again, mm. assist in uh, creative brainstorming, things that you're not seeing. It's a great use case of doing things that are going to spark your creativity to be bigger. But if you think it's going to be creative for you yet, that's not quite there, I don't believe. Okay, great. Thank you. So uh, a practical example I believe I heard you say was, you know, to use it to come up with subject lines for, say, blog articles, white pages, or uh, newsletters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Use it for subject lines. Use it for uh, maybe this paragraph, that, take a paragraph that you wrote, and um, you can Ooh. you can put feed it in and say, what's another way to say this? Yeah. Um, and maybe you use it or don't use it. Maybe it just comes up with one word that just makes that whole paragraph sing. And so you might pull that word out and use just the word. Um, I like seeing it as an assistant to me thinking outside that's sitting right next to me. I don't have to, you know, call a friend as often perhaps and say, can you read this? Can you double check it for me? It's there to support you in that case, but okay. is it there to do the work for you? No. And marketers need to know that. Um, we have to double check the work. We have to make sure that the human speak is still there. And so if we can use it in that way, it's going to really help. Mm -hmm. I think that, or that we still have to, where, where I think marketing is, is really never going to truly be taken over. And the one spot that matters the most is in strategy. Strategy will always be best left up to humans. Once you have this strategy, now take the pieces and parts and say, how can I apply some AI uh, situations to this? But strategy is just going to be that human centered focus more so than anything else. Okay. Thank you. What is the human marketing funnel? 
Well, think about a funnel. First of all, not a funnel cake, which I absolutely loved when I was younger. But when you think about just a funnel, right? Let's just break down what a funnel is. A funnel is a step-by-step or a sequence of messages that goes out in a timed order or a scheduled order. Right. So if you're, if I were to, let's say, just take a very simplistic funnel, like you sign up for a lead magnet or what's called a, a lead magnet. It's something that has um, value that I'm giving away for free in exchange for your email address. Uh, then I follow it up two days later with a more context around that lead magnet that gives you more education. And maybe three days later, I ask you a, a question to start engagement. And then maybe two days later, I start digging in and getting a little bit more intimate to see if we could, we might be able to work together. All of that right now can be automated. Okay. Now here's the problem with that. It is all automated and, and the energy that gets put out into the world is, is that really you emailing me or is this something that, um, that is, uh, um, you know, obviously a robot. Mm -hmm. Here's how to correct that. Take your entire uh, sales funnel or your or your all of your marketing, quite frankly, right? Uh, go walk over to a whiteboard, grab maybe one or two people. And if it's just you, no problem. But just start writing down every everything that you're doing that might be automated. Like, how are you releasing an invoice in automation? How are you releasing emails? How are you releasing newsletters? How are you releasing... Um, you know, maybe a birthday uh, situation. So anything that might be automated, put it on all onto a whiteboard and then take a step back and ask yourself, where are the human touch points in all this? And what is one or two ways that I can surprise and delight in the middle of all this that's going to change the course of this automation to show up more in a, in a more human way? So for instance, what if it triggered me on every birthday to actually reach out, I reach out and wish them a happy birthday versus an automated response. The trigger is something I can never do on my own, but the outreach is something I can do on my own. Now I'm oversimplifying it mm -hmm. uh, down to a, a birthday, but if you can imagine all of the automation that might be going on or what you might want to do, do it, automate automate things. I'm not here to say don't automate it, but also take a stand back and say, now, how can I show up in those little slivers or those little moments of, of, um, of, 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 uh, things that are going to stand out and, and really make sure that you have those in place so that you can show up with authenticity. I love that. So this probably isn't a great example, but something reminds me is, you know, you will see the Facebook reminders of birthdays and rather just being another happy birthday or whatever on there, that trigger is a reminder. And so instead I will pull up my phone and shoot them a personal text message directly. Right. Um, That's a great yeah. one. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you, I'd, I'd encourage you to take it even a tiny bit step, tiny bit of a step farther, uh, record a five second or 10 second video and send it to them. That cannot be automated, at least not yet. Or so, you know, take a second and actually say something and send a video, see what kind of response you get to that. That's just over and above. And you can do that on LinkedIn. You can do it on Facebook. You can do it in a text message. You can do it in an email. Um, I encourage people to write me back and reply being the HGH guy 
and and uh, and hit reply to all my newsletters. And I'll take a Saturday and just start walking and just start hitting reply and video recording a reply back to everybody. And it just goes that little extra step to where they go, wow, you know, this is just not what I expected. It's just not, hey, thanks, or mm-hmm. or an automated response. This is like really. Uh, intimate. Let's get the conversation going because the number one KPI, quite frankly, I I believe that every organization on earth, I don't care what size you are, that should measure, you should measure yourself by is engagement. If hmm. you can increase engagement, everything else will go up. Your ROI will go up. Your your balance sheet will go up. Your sales will go up. Your, your employee engagement will go up. Engagement, engagement, engagement. Just focus on that and everything else will increase. Right. So this is great to to bring it home for the painting contractor. Step nine in our system, pointing at the mug here for people who are listening or, you know, those on your, on, uh, have the poster up on your office, like on the wall, step nine, staying top of mind and uh, many ways to do that. And one of them that we encourage is, you know, reaching out for the annual warranties or touch up warranties. And so taking Brian's awesome advice here, instead of sending an email or maybe instead of that automated email, record that. Uh, three to five minute video and send them that, you know, text them or email them that, uh, that short video, letting them know just to bring that connection. Yeah. Um, you've been closer. Amen, man. So, that is brilliant. I want step nine more in my life. Yeah. 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 Indeed. Indeed. Thank you for that. Brian, this has been fantastic. I uh, really appreciate uh, your time and all the valuable insight. Is there a question I should have asked or a final point that you would like to make? You know, I said this before, I'm just going to hammer it home. Um, and that's that's what I said What was, and, and I'm going to say it again, because it's just, I hope if anybody takes anything away from everything we just said, it's that being human is everyone's competitive advantage right now. You can compete by being more human because if you think about like back in the day when everyone was selling door to door and it's on some level, uh, there was some annoying pieces, but the, but the engagement part was high. We got to see the, the milk person. We got to see the, the vacuum salesperson, like everything was high touch, high relationship. Now, now it's dissipating. We don't receive anything in the mail. Um, mail has gone by the wayside and digital has become the replacement for that. So if you want to stand out, maybe take a look at sending something in the mail. Look at ways that are the more traditional ways. Look at ways that are a little bit more um, going to be the old school ways and stand out with that because they deal, they work now more than they ever did work. Okay, fantastic. Now, uh, what services? And, pro- and or products do you offer to help with H2H? Yeah. So we've got two companies, H2H and Pure Matter, and both of them are um, simpatico. They're both uh, run in parallel. And it's really, how, who would I be if I'm not the simple guy, right? So executive coaching mm-hmm. um, and included in that is the 360 and helping people to uh, see their blind spots and then create more revenue for their company out of those blind spots. Um, and perform better without burning out, which we mm-hmm. didn't talk a lot about, which is totally fine. But a lot of people are in burnout when you're an entrepreneur. And that's something that I think everybody faces today. And so getting yourself out of that is really important um, and mm-hmm. pre-burnout included. And number two is marketing consulting, um, looking at 
where all of this marketing landscape exists and, and saying, okay, how do we make it more efficient, but be more human? Those are two things. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you, Brian. And if somebody would like to follow up with you, what's the best way they should do so? You know, email me directly. Why the heck not? So um, go, go to Brian, you can email me at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y and Kramer with a K.com. Or you can go to my website, BrianKramer.com. Uh, either and or, and everything is, everything's on my website. And that's B-R-Y-A-N at B-R-Y-A-N-K-R-A-M-E-R.com. Correct? You get you got it. You got it. I, I say that it's funny. I was talking to my dad um, the other week and, and I spelled my name for him and he looks at me and goes, I named you. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just so used to saying it. Cause everyone does Brian with an I that yeah. I just, I'm on, I'm on automation level when it comes to spelling of my name. I've had it spelled many different ways now. So anyway, yes, yeah. you hit it right. Habits. You got it. Okay. Fantastic. Well, again, Brian, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.